I was really excited. I was excited to the point that reflecting back to the slaves in Texas, how excited they must have been knowing that they were free, even though it took a, a few years for that information and that news to get to them. You know, uh, and I, I think that was probably the biggest reason because of the slow communication that they just didn't get that word, but I'm sure that they were excited nonetheless. So I kind of felt that same excitement. And I think it was important because um, I talked to a lot of people when we get around to June 19th, they never have heard of Juneteenth. So I kind of give them a little bit of a history about that and then they understand. And uh, that's what it's all about, a better understanding.
still online, is Out of the Dark. And it was an amazing exhibition of the collection. And we also made way for a lot of great things to take place. Some of the things you are experiencing throughout the year uh, are because of the work we did behind the scenes. So for me, today is like a celebration of a lot of things as in the present of Juneteenth. And I'm happy that I was able to assist in what has developed in us even being here today. Toledo actually 
I can say was my home base for starting as an artist. Um, my mom seen uh, an article about an artist named Frosty Brown, and he was at Tillman Gallery, which is Audrey. Audrey had that gallery. She had opened up a gallery. So me and my mom went down there, and, you know, we were checking out the art and everything, and uh, talking. So then I began just coming down to the gallery and just meeting and talking to Audrey. It was just like this energy. And, and that's why I can recognize Toledo today on, on, on Honest, because from that, I had Frosty Brown as my mentor, and he took me to places that I never knew I could go. In thought, I knew, but in discipline in school was limited, okay? I didn't get the opportunity to go to Scott High School. Okay, so I'm just telling you. But I had I'm just telling you, I just had a very good school. You know, a good school as uh, far as art and, and uh, identifying with one's purpose. But I still did have these people in my life. Uh, but from Audrey's, just pushing it one day, pushing the, the palette, hey, I was going to get a job in art school. Live right around the corner. Never really went and knocked at that door. Okay, I'm just like, go ahead, go for it. So that taught me not only about being an artist because it wasn't about me. This is not about me. This creativity is to be shared. It is to help other people identify with themselves that you have a purpose, and we all are creative. You know, whether you draw, whatever, right? We all have a purpose, cook, everything is an art form. But from that, just that, that little baby steps and going to the Arts Commission allowed me to get the, the right people came in my life and pulled this little little 30-something-year-old sister up that was babbling, you know, well, this isn't getting done, that isn't getting done. I learned how to write grants the proper way. I had the right people come up under me and just push me, push me. So that was, that was awesome. It not only took me to different levels for my art, but it also took me to different levels of knowledge to know the business. Because there was one lady looked at me, because I was selling art, working, making a little money. My name was, you know, getting out there. But a lady named Joyce Pierre looked at me and said, so what? So what? Who is trying to This is an about And maybe my direction came in from that. I was going to, you know, like da 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 da. But when I say that, it grew me to become a person to work not only as an independent artist, but as a art director, a strategic planner. Uh, sat with Audrey, she started her grassroots organization. In two months, it, 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 it isn't us, it's the spirit of the energy that you surround yourself with. And then we found out, wow, this isn't just about us, this is about our community. And then, it's not about us just saying, oh, we're going to do this for our community. What is it that the community wants? And that helped me. And from that, it took me to East Oakland, California, to work with kids that they don't say are going to learn or can. Okay? They can't develop. But guess what? Using them hearts, them kids found themselves. And I started with four to six-year-olds. And they just, and even to this day, because everybody has self-worth. 
And I just had to tell my story. <laughs> Whether you're a collector, 
it's really important for you to understand. Your story matters first to you, and that's how you build community. You value yourself, and you tell your story. And you tell your story differently throughout the years because that because your story changes. But if you don't take care of your photographs, of your other kinds of documents, both analog and digital, you really can't tell your story from time to time. You might forget something. And with artists, artists are so busy doing the work, sometimes they forget to take care of this other stuff. But I'm here to tell you, I came here to talk to y'all today. So Toledo, Toledo gave me the confidence, but also the insight and the education. It prepared me for everything. Racism, Ohio got me straight. <laughs> scholarship. I played football at the University of Toledo from 74 to 77. And I was an art education major. So I completed my degree and people say I did certain things on the football field. Let me just kind of give you a little snippet. Uh, I am in the Varsity T Hall of Fame at the University of Toledo. Right. And I still hold the career tackle record, the 500 day tackle. And in 2016, that was the 100th year of football at the University of Toledo. So they came up with an all century team. So they selected 50 players over the last hundred years to be part of the all-century team. And out of 50 players, they said I was number 30. Wow. And, I, and I still I still say that they got me mixed up with somebody else. <laughs> so that's what happened athletically. Once I retired, I got my degree. Uh, my first job was working for a company, a department store here in Toledo. Some of you might remember LaSalle downtown. So there were like eight or nine um, staff illustrators, and I was the only male and the only black artist. So I did that for a few years until photography came around and it displaced us from doing all of the uh, line art that used to be in the tabloids and Sunday paper tabloids and things like that. But I'll step back just for a second once again. Uh, I come from a large family of 10 brothers and sisters. So one of my older sisters, uh, every evening after homework, she would sit at the kitchen table and she would draw cartoons from the newspaper. So I would sit there and I'd watch her and I decided, you know what, I think I can do that too. So I started drawing those cartoons and I got pretty good at it. And then I graduated myself up to the illustrations. And, and I got fairly decent at that as well. How many of you remember in uh, the magazines years ago they would have drawing contests of like a bulldog or a pirate or something like that? Turtle, squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> so I said to myself, I think I'm pretty good. So I drew 
the, uh, the bulldog. And I sent it in. And after a period of time, I got a letter back. And it said something to the effect that we don't think that you have the aptitude to be an artist. Sorry, try again. <laughs> or something like that. So that just kind of gave me a little more fire to, to keep moving along. And my, my, actually, my aspiration was to be uh, an artist for Walt Disney. But that didn't pan out. But that didn't stop me. So I just kept going and going. Now, I was a junior high art teacher here in Toledo for 10 years while I was working nights at a little small company called UPS. You may have heard of it. <laughs> so I did both for 10 years. And at the same time, I painted in my spare time. I did commissions. I taught painting classes to adults. And I did the summer outdoor art fairs, which I still do today. I've been doing those for about 30, probably 35 years. Crosby Gardens, Black Swamp, and so on. So I have friends who were artists. And while they were raising their families, as we did, we raised our three children and they were working, they put the art on the back burner. And I said, I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna keep painting and I'm gonna keep getting better and better and better. Now I can tell you that I think of myself first as an artist. And that's my way of conveying my artwork and sharing my artwork with everybody. I just happen to be black. But first, I'm an artist. And I paint watercolor, acrylic oils, and gouache. And I paint a myriad of different subjects. And when I do the outdoor fairs, those of you who've attended outdoor fairs, and most people have, you'll walk past an artist's booth, and they'll be sitting there, and so on. Well, I, I would be sitting in my booth, and I'd have people that come by and say, excuse me, are you the artist? And I would say, yes, I am. And they kind of gave me that look like, yeah, sure, that's cute. <laughs> so I started painting at every art fair. I demonstrate. I paint right there so that they can see the process from start to finish. And I paint watercolor and I paint rather quickly. And uh, I've been very blessed that I'm able to sell them right off the easel. So. I just, I think it's just so important that, you know, you continue to, to move yourself forward. That's what I've done in every shape, form, or fashion. I've entered shows, I've displayed in shows, jury shows, little shows, big shows. Uh, those of you who are familiar with the Toledo Federation of Art Societies here in Toledo, this is the 105th year for that show. And I have a piece that was accepted, juried into that show. And it's uh, going to be going on for a while. It's at the museum, at the CBA Center. So if you get an opportunity, the show is there. Uh, but it's, it's just a wonderful thing. And it's beautiful to be with these other artists and to be a part of this Juneteenth celebration. So again, thank you all for coming and hopefully that helps. I'd like to talk a little bit about the gallery and how the role that that played in bringing a lot of folks together. There are plenty of people here. I'm getting a history lesson right now myself. Uh, you know, I'm not a native 
Toledo that we've been Northwest Ohio for a long time. Even as you know, Stephen has been talking about collecting our stories and remembering those stories and preserving those stories. Um, share a little bit about the BIA and the conception. First of all, I'm going to let everyone know that I am not a native to Toledo. I'm from Canton, Ohio, um, and I came to Toledo by way of graduating from Baltimore State University. And uh, right after graduation, I moved into my apartment in Toledo, and I started to learn the land of the land of Toledo. And um, worked as my, my background was visual communications technology, and I specialized in photography. That was my major. Uh, course of study. And I worked for a photography uh, company here in Toledo as an intern. And, you know, just loved what I did. Those opportunities don't come, you know, real close, especially in Northwest Ohio and Toledo. So that was a great thing for me. And um, after that internship was up, I kind of was looking for other opportunities as a PCT major, as a photographer. And um, some doors were truly closed, shut, tight at that time. Um, I went to Blade and uh, was turned down by them, just flatly out. You know, people don't retire too quickly here, and so there won't there there won't be opportunity for you. You, you have good work, just keep shooting. That was pretty much it, you know. And I kept shooting, but but still looked for opportunities. So I never really had the opportunity to work professionally in my field as a photographer, but um, I, the universe opened up another door, another direction to work with youth. And for the last 27 years, that's what I've done. But, but I am a photographer, I'm creative, and that's my process. I was fortunate enough that um, I was given the vision to open up a gallery. So it, it started out as a photography gallery, but there were so many artists, and not just African-American artists, but artists in general, that were looking for opportunities to show their work in a space that would just give them the freedom to be creatives. And because I was them, it, that place was a comfort for many artists in Toledo. Um, and we had some wonderful experiences of creating, of just uh, being able to be together and have conversation. Um, the, the gallery was always booked a year in advance, so I never really had to look for artists to exhibit. We had new shows every month, and um, it was nothing that I, I did by myself. Once I came connected to Alicia Robinson, <laughs> Corinthia Parker, Simone Spruce, Aaron Bivens, Mike Faulkner. He was he was the baby of the bunch. I knew him from a different direction, but we were always always connected as well. And um, Sally Galeno, I, I would be remorsefully crazy not to mention her name. She was the person that wrote the articles for like what was going on in the art community. And, and Sally Lena was an amazing writer. 
and she had heard so many things about Tillman Gallery that she took it upon herself to make sure that we were always represented in the Toledo Bay Blade. And I would always ask them to not write about me, but write about the artists that we actually were exhibiting. So we had artists uh, globally, as well as locally, as well as surrounding Toledo. Um, African-American artists found a real good connection because they were always underground. They didn't have anywhere that, that they could show and be in comfort. And, there I was, so it was their home, so to speak. And we made so many great things happen. I'm so grateful that I stepped out of my zone altogether. Didn't know nothing about running the business, didn't know anything about running the gallery. But when I tell you, when you listen to what the universe is saying for you to do, it will all come together to the point where I'm with these people here today, you know, and, and they had major roles in that gallery, like major. Otis Roberts, he's not with us today, but you saw his work. Otis is like my brother. He was there. His first exhibition was in Tillman Gallery. Uh, Frosty Brown, I have, he's deceased now. I have a whole collection of Frosty's work that he gave me that I haven't had an opportunity to exhibit that the community will get to see. Um, and, and it's encouraged me to keep going. I've never left the art community, even though I've been in education. And um, I just know that's where my voice is, and I'm grateful. So I, I would be remiss if I just didn't add that um, the library Jason and, and our organization, the National Association uh, for the Advancement of Colored People. This has really been a, just a great, a great day for us. But I think she, she brought bring up a very good point. Um, and I, I want to know, and I'm sure our audience want to know, um, is there a universal message um, as being artists of color? At, at, at collectively, is there a universal message that, that we should try to put out in our community or even in our world? this from a perspective of someone who's worked with young people for 27 years, and I want to say the oldest young person in the, at this point is probably like about 42 years old, as to, you know, from when I started till now. And um, the one thing I know that I think as an artist, as a creative, and as a community leader, and as a elder, that it is important for us to encourage our young people. We have a tendency to shy them away from the arts because we don't think that it to any financial value, that it doesn't make the money that they can become, you know, stable in, in their careers, and that's not true. And, and it may mean that you have to work another job, but we all do that anyway now, so it, it doesn't matter. But when you give them the foundation of business, you give them the foundation of financing and how to make those things work, whether they're writers, whether they're photographers, painters, or whatever, that is a source of income. That is a way to earn a living. There are so many other things in the creative community and museums like this, tons of careers. But if we don't value it enough to encourage our children who are creative to be at that level, their minds run amok. Because creativity is one way that they release themselves from a lot of things that are going on within them. 
And if we don't start to encourage and value and put them in the places where they can be them and be creative and get rid of that energy, we will continue to see some of these things that we see. We blame it on everything else. And we have to individually make a decision that we are going to do something to help the young people that are around us. We have to do it.
Uh, they got here. Uh, we had several things for them. They had a show at the Collingwood Arts Center. Um, they went to Bowling Green University, and they uh, first time they ever saw a step show. It was a young lady that was 21 years old and had never really been around teenagers her age that were free like that. And so that was a wonderful day. Um, so and then after that, um, before let me back up, I went. I worked at the Boys and Girls Club, Wayne Palmer, working with youth. Uh, the Boys and Girls Club on the East Side. Um, Chance for Change, and YOP uh, with youth, trying to help them get into college. And then after that, I went to uh, Head Start. <laughs> so I worked with the youth for several years. Um, I also, back in early when I was working with Audrey, we started doing art classes with Lucas County Metropolitan Housing Authority. I taught art classes there for seniors and children. I would go to their um, residence and their community rooms. Uh, we would do projects and they would fix up their apartments. And we did like Christmas, Thanksgiving, and it went on for 20 years, actually. I stopped doing it in 2015 because the funds ran out. So then I wanted to do something else for kids. I opened up a daycare and was feeding children through the Aurora Gonzalez, feeding the kids after they got out of school, the latchkey kids. And it got a little bit overwhelming because I was picking kids up football back to school and my kids were grown and it got to be a little bit too much. So I decided, okay, I need to channel my energy to do something else because I wasn't reaching the children with the same method I had used over the years. Um, my kids grew up and moved out the house and I just continued to do art shows. Um, the latest show we did was in 2015 with the Roots of Diversity um, uh, 20th anniversary, the Roots Diversity show, 20 year anniversary, and we all got back together again. And since then, I, I've continued to paint, and I'm coming up with new ideas. So I had took a lot of pictures when I was in Tanzania, and I said, well, I need to do something with these pictures so I can tell the picture with the picture instead of trying to remember everything. We went, we were there for a whole month and went to seven cities and stayed there a week and did the same thing over and over again. So I came back, I had all these pictures and I said, well, I need to do something. So I took all the pictures that developed, all 3,000 pictures, and I developed 100 and framed them and created a pictorial exhibit and I exhibited that at the Kent Branch Library in 2015. So, and then I continued to paint and here I am today. I'm still doing it. And now I'm doing uh, the Golden Empire, the uh, ancient kings and queens of ancient Egypt with the Kush and the Egyptian and the Nubian Empire. So you would see it down in the gallery, but I did a whole collection with the um, research that I did. So I'm so glad to be here with Audrey and Simone and Corinthia. I haven't seen in years. And I thank everybody for your support. And I hope you like our exhibit.
one thing I, I was thinking and I didn't say it, is that I feel like we're, um, as artists, we're historians. Um, we, are, we are able to capture the times that we live in. Um, and that goes from being a writer, to being a rapper, to being a musician, being a photographer, you know, a painter, whatever that art form is, poets. Um, we capture the times and how we reflect what's going on around us. And, and I think that is probably the, the biggest thing that comes to my mind is to not, um, to not suppress your creativity. Because whatever it is you're feeling it during these times and you created, that is a significant to one, your emotion as to what, what's going on and how you capture your perspective, your mind's eye or view of whatever it is. And um, we got a lot going on and there's a lot of stories to be told. And it's, it, creativity is a way to tell them or express them. I like that. I like that. I, I want to add something to this whole universal thing. When it comes to art, any are there artists in the house other than the folks on this panel? Can you raise your hand? Well, everybody should raise their hand. And I'll tell you why. Because everyone has a sense of creativity. And it might be the only thing that makes you free and helps you to imagine something different. And so when we talk about the possibilities of living a better life, you only have three minutes on earth. So what are you going to do with those three minutes? You're, um, I like to tell people this because I think you already know this. We live in a failed state. We live in a state that we're being told that we're being taken care of, the government and all that, but we're only as good as we make this government work. We have institutions that claim they're doing things. Cultural institutions, religious institutions, they not, may not be taken care of. You have to have the imagination, and that's more art is this freedom work. Art is free work. It helps you think through things that help you live a better life. So for artists, Audrey said this. I love it that we're all talking about children, but I want this message to resonate with all of you. All of you have a stake in making the world better and more thoughtful and engaged. So rather than simply thinking yourself as, oh, I appreciate art or whatever, you're also having a conversation with that art. You might be a closet artist. <laughs> You may be waiting for somebody to go, ding, you're an artist. It don't work like that. You have to have and step into that particular kind of work. But know that even though you might have a sphere of influence, you might be saying, I'm, I'm working, I'm, I'm targeting black women, and I'm, you don't know what your work is doing for somebody else. You might free somebody else up. And Tony Morrison said this. She said, you know, you go somewhere, you get your degree, you do this. It's your turn to free somebody else and bring somebody else in. Art can do that. Art can do that. Most people can imagine the end of the world, but they can't imagine the end of capitalism. That's a problem. And don't let your art practice be so tied into making money that you can't really even think about what you honestly might want to express because you're too busy playing to the wrong steps. So I would say art is freedom. Art is work. Art is radical. Art is always trying to do something and make us better than we are. Whereas you can do this, or you can be a little free of that. So that's what I would offer you, something beautiful around what the transformative part of what art can do for your life. Thank you. I have one more question before we sort of open up 
to the audience. Um, you know, we're here celebrating a momentous time in our history, um, and it is incredible, and we should be having a big party, but we're also dealing with a lot of uh, small things. We still have a lot of problems to solve. Where do you find hope and inspiration on a day-to-day basis in your work? Well, as a writer, um, I find the hope and inspiration in my work. I write it into my work. I can't change the world, but neither change that I want the world to be. So that's what I write. And, and, and when I was a writing, op-ed pieces, editorials. I state the problem. That's what you're reading those op-ed pieces. Here's what's going wrong with society. But at, and at the end of every one of those, I gave a solution to what I think should work. And I do that in my books as well. I present a mystery, I present a problem, but I give a solution to it. So that's the inspiration and the hope that I, when I see the work because of Dante that said that, to be the change that you want to that's how I uh, find this question. So I've, you know, I've been doing social commentary work since I was a child on the front lines with my mother and her activism. And so everything that we do was really community based. Uh, and I have to focus on some really, really deep issues when I'm doing that work. And so we have to start the conversation for one. Uh, a lot of uh, you know, issues that I focus on, whether they be local, regional, national, global, are things we need to be talking about. And it can also certainly cross all these community lines. Uh, right now, I have an exhibition with another artist I collaborated with, Lee Fernside, a community uh, show that we're calling it in terms of how we look at community, and it's, it's deep, thought-provoking, uh, a residency that I did at Unbounded uh, under Audrey Johnson's organization, working with different materials. That's why I've crossed the line over for some people who don't need to be handling the pencil very well, which I still do, but I'm now interdisciplinary, which means I'm touching all mediums. So a lot of the work out there that speaks on community that Lee and I came together on is pretty emotional and thought-provoking and for, and for you to start having this discussion because all of these, um, you know, it matters to all of us, but it crosses the lines. I encourage everyone when you have a moment, set an appointment, go out to Orange Community College where I'm an adjunct professor uh, there at the, at the time and look at the residency uh, that we're doing and certainly that exhibition that's on display to talk about community. Uh, I think these are things that we always have to bring to the forefront. Certainly not easy work. I think, you know, I consider myself um, part of a very uh, uh, specialized team of artists that do this uh, nationally and internationally. And so we just really need to start thinking and opening up our minds about having these deep, conversations about what's happening not only in our community but other communities. Leah, you about ready? Yeah, anybody have any questions? 
questions to the audience? We do have a microphone going around here. Just raise your hand and Leon will find you. Any questions, we will, Leon, uh, run to you real quick. While you're thinking about your questions, Aaron, you're about to say something. So please go ahead. Yes. Uh, I try to reach people through my art uh, in, in several ways. The first one is, I'm an impressionist artist. So I give an impression of the things that I see and the things that I think. And I think it works for me. When people see my work, when they attend the outdoor art fairs and they see the work in my booth, and as soon as they walk in, oftentimes they'll say, wow. And then I see this big smile on their face. So I know I'm getting through to them. I'm touching certain senses. You know, we're all bogged down each and every day by a whole lot of negativity and things that are bad. And I try to change that through my artwork. And, and I think it works. So with my Impressionist style, I tell not the whole story, but just parts of the story through my paintings. So what I want people to do when they view it is I want them to finish or complete the painting themselves. Draw upon some of their uh, experiences, whether it was uh, when they were growing up, because oftentimes I just kind of listen to some of the com comments and people say, oh my goodness, that reminds me of when I was this and I was that. I say to myself, you know, this is great, so I gotta keep doing what I'm doing and doing it more. And then I say, well, how in the world can I do that? Well, you have to, you just have to, because I know it works. And, you know, I used to say a long time ago, in order to uh, be accepted in the art world, I had to do the boogaloo backwards. <laughs> So I had to do it better. And just a couple of quick stories. The first one is, I don't know how many people remember a watercolor artist uh, from Toledo, but he lived in Sylvania, Walter Chapman. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Walter Chapman was a mentor of mine. And he was just a phenomenal watercolor as an artist. And I took lessons from him years ago. And I would give him a call uh, oftentimes, and, and the last time I spoke with him, actually, he was like uh, 101, and he was still painting. And I would give him a call, and he would say, hey, how you doing, when are you coming to see me? And I would say, well, when it, whenever it's convenient for you, sure, I, I come over. And he'd say, well, what about now? <laughs> he was kind of direct like that, but I'd say, yes, sir, no problem. He said, bring paintings with you. And uh, I'd say, okay, so I would go home and I'd get some of my latest paintings. I'd take them over to his home and he would take a look at them. And he would look at the back of the paintings. And the first thing he would say is, you're not charging enough. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, that's, that's, a tough, that's a tough deal, you know. But what that said to me was that I was heading in the, the right direction. But more importantly than that, you know, I was getting through to people. So I, I just continue to, uh, to push the boundaries 
I continue to step outside of those those lines that we're all told as a society we have to stay within. So it, when you step outside those lines, it's kind of scary out there. But that's how you grow. That's how you get better. So you got to step outside your comfort zone, and you got to take chances, which I do all the time. And uh, that's how you get better. But I just, I'll just continue to share uh, the blessing that I have. And I didn't do it on myself. I learned from a whole lot of people like uh, Mr. Chapman and uh, another friend of mine, some of you may have heard of, um, Pete Beckman from Toledo. Just a phenomenal impressionist landscape artist. So when I left education and started working for UPS full time in employment and safety for clients, on my lunch hour, I would go to Mr. Uh, Beckman's studio, and he would be there painting, and and I would, he had a chair, and I would sit in that chair, and I would turn on my my absorption memory, and I would observe every little thing that he did, every little nuance, things that the average bear probably wouldn't even notice. But that was my objective every time I went to observe him. And then at night, before I forgot it, I would practice it. And I would practice it. And I would practice it. And Mr. Chapman told me once, he said, practice and practice and practice. And when you get tired of practicing, practice some more. <laughs> and it works. It does. So I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. Um, I, 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 I just wanted to piggyback on um, what Aaron just said about mentors, how good they can be for you. Um, I, I think in an article when I was, because uh, I've been hopping around the country for so many years and just came home at the end of 2019, and I'm still doing my work nationally. So, well, hold on, Mike. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, I'm sorry. So, uh, as I said, you know, I've been moving my work nationally for a lot of years and, you know, hopping around the country because at the same time, you need to spread your wings and have other eyes on it. And this is how you grow as an artist. But the important piece about mentors, um, you know, if my work is able to move you emotionally, it's because I had two good mentors, Ernie Jones and Will Clay. Yes. See, they taught me how to tell the truth. And they also taught me about community. So if I'm touching an issue, I'm, coming, I'm bringing it home all the way. So if it's emotive, it's because Will and Ernie taught me how to do that well. Look for a good mentor. Thank you.
have residents up in the um, apartments up there. And Frosty Brown was one of my mentors, Jamel Lewis and Will Clay. And I got a little bit from all of them. But one thing I wasn't when I went to Africa, I was not a photographer. And when I came back, I realized I took all these pictures. I didn't know I was a photographer. So my hope and inspiration is that people can feel my work and see how I see it through repainting what I saw or drawing what I, or taking a picture of what I 